Greetings everyone, welcome to The Plain Sense. My name is Joel Madasu. Thank you for watching The Plain Sense. And along with Plain Sense, we also present Bible Prabodalu on Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. and Plain Sense on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. I thank God for this opportunity to come before you to present His Word. Thank God for using me in His work, in His mission, in His ministry. And I ask that you pray for this ministry so that we would reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and also pray that many people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. This is very important. A command is given to all of us Christians to make disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. So I pray that you would pray with us, with me, that many will accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. The plain sense, before we get into it, I want to give just a brief introduction about what plain sense is. Plain sense is basically simplifying the text or basically teaching the text as is given to us. There, there are no uh, spices added to the text. We just teach the text as is because that's how we have to read and that's how we have to learn from God's Word. So the plain sense basically is teaching the life-changing Word of God as is given to us. It is life-changing because the Word of God is life-changing. And today's topic is just that, what is the Bible? What is the Bible? So we will start with that basic question, yet important question, what is the Bible? And then we'll go on with several of the episodes on this uh, similar theme. So today's topic is what is the Bible and why should we care about the Bible? So we will get into the topic after we pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for this time that you've given us to come before you and to pray and seek your help, O oh Father, as I teach your word. I pray that you would give me wisdom. I, I pray that you would guide me. Lord, I don't want to speak for myself, but Father, I ask that you speak through me and change the hearts of Father. Your word is powerful. Your word is life-changing, Father. I pray that, that you use this ministry to impact many lives, and I you ask that you use this ministry to change lives. Father, we thank you for all the things that you've done. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for the gift of salvation, O oh Father. I pray right now, Lord, for those who are struggling with this coronavirus and many other illnesses, Father. I pray that you heal them, O oh Lord. I pray that you give them good health, O oh Father. I pray for those who are struggling financially. I pray that you come forward and help them, O oh Father. I pray, Lord, that you will take care of the people, of your people, O oh Father. So many people are praying for their needs, O oh Lord. I pray that you hear their prayers and answer their prayers according to your will. Father, I thank you again for this opportunity. I pray that you be with me. As I teach, Father, I pray that you receive the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The plain sense and the topic of this episode is what is the Bible and why should we care? It's so simple question, right? I mean, sometimes we don't even think hardly about the question, what is the Bible? We all know to some extent or, you know, the Bible is the Word of God. We know that. We just know that the Bible is the Word of God. And Sometimes we may just leave it there. It is the Word of God, but we, we may not give much time to it or care much about it. The term Bible came from Greek term biblos, meaning a roll or a book. Later on, it became biblia, denoting both the Old and New Testaments. So the Old and New Testament together is called the Bible or came from Greek word biblos. And Bible contains 66 books. It is amazing how... The Bible is uh, a mini library in itself, 66 books. And so briefly, what is this Bible about? What is the Bible about? 
Is it talking about the stories of Abraham, Joseph, Jacob, and so on? Or is it talking about the prophets? Is it talking about the psalmist? Is it talking about the New Testament gospels? Is it talking about the New Testament writers and people involved in it? The Bible is about God himself. It is his story. God used these people within his story to make sense for us. To make this connection because we see as human beings relations, relationships and so forth and connections and so forth. So God used these men to give us a sense of what is going on. This Bible is the story of God. It is the history of God himself. So when we are reading the Bible, the important question to ask is what are we learning about God? Because from page one to the last page of the Bible, it is all about God. It is God's dealing with humanity. It is God's dealing with us, with you and me. So from page one to the last page, the most important question we need to ask is, what can we learn about God? Because the scripture, that is the Bible, is talking about God himself. It is talking about God, his activities, his actions, and his purpose and plan. So Bible gives the plan of God in a sense. So so the Bible, the word comes from Greek word, Biblos, and it consists of 66 books. And also the question is, is there any other book like Bible? Is there any other book like Bible? Like I said in the beginning, Bible, the scripture is the life-changing word of God. The Bible is the life-changing word of God. It has power to change lives. It has power to change your life and my life. That is the Bible. It is not some sort of just um, you know, a mere book. It is not a simple book, but it is a life-changing holy word of God. Bible is unique compared to other books. There's no question about that. It is unique compared to other books. Bible is supernatural because it contains the elements of supernatural, right? Bible is supernatural. And Bible is filled with God's story. As I was saying, it is His story. It's filled with God's story and his dealings with the humanity. It is filled with God's dealing with mankind, his relationship with them. It talks about the events took place between human beings and God. If you see from page one to last one, it's all, almost always it, it talks in connection with humanity and God, right? It talks about the past, present, and future. It is telling us what happened in the past. It tells us what's, what is happening now. And it tells us what would happen in future. <laughs> this is not some sort of a prediction. Bible sort of predicts, but there's no guarantee certain things will happen or not. But Bible says things will happen, they'll happen. Because Bible is not simply written by mere human beings. It is God's word. So the Bible is also known as the scripture. Bible is also known as the scripture. The term scripture means writing. The Old Testament tells us that the scripture is authoritative, for example. The scripture is authoritative. Look at 2 Kings 14.6 with me. 2 Kings 14.6 However, he did not put the children of the killers to death, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, where the Lord commanded. Where the Lord commanded. The law of Moses is also known as the law of God. As we read the scripture, it will become uh, clear to us. So, 
However, he did not put the children of the killers to death as it is written in the book of the law of Moses where the Lord commanded. So the Old Testament tells us that the Bible is authoritative, the scripture is authoritative. We can also look at several other passages such as Ezra 3.2 and also Nehemiah 10.34 where it talks about the authoritativeness of the scripture. In the New Testament, we learn that scripture is basically identical to God's word. So uh, look at Romans 4, 3 with me. Romans 4, 3. The text says, for what does the scripture say? For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. The point here is for what does the scripture say? Scripture is nothing but the word of God. And we have other examples. We can look at Galatians 4, 30 and also First uh, Timothy 5.18. Let's look at First Timothy 5.18. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain and the worker is worthy of his wages. The point again here is for the scripture says, what is that scripture referring to? To the Old Testament. So Old Testament is authoritative as uh, we learn from this uh, few passages. And also New Testament declares that the scripture is identical to God's word himself. So there are some examples again, Romans 4.3, Galatians 4.30 and 1 Timothy 5.18. So what is the Bible? Authoritative, Word of God. Romans 1.2 tells us the scripture is holy scripture, not just scripture, but holy scripture. 2 Timothy 3.15 says the scripture are called the sacred scriptures. That is the one that you and I are holding are sacred scriptures. They're sacred. They're holy scriptures. The Bible also tells us about the divine origin of the, of the scripture itself. Now, sometimes we may think that, or even here, the critiques say the Bible is written by men, so it cannot be believed. You can't trust the Bible because it was written by men. Well, it is true, it's written by men. But the origin of the text is not these authors or the men. It is given by God himself. The words in the Bible are not just the words of mere men. And these are not compiled by men or written by men who doesn't have anything to do. It's not like they don't have any other work, so they start writing. It's not written from their own knowledge and wisdom. God used these men to write his word. And he gave them some liberty, but the writers were governed, controlled by the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 1.1 says, long ago God spoke. That's the key word, long ago God spoke. It tells us that the Bible has a divine origin. God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. Different times and in different ways. They're not the same, right? The term different is, doesn't mean same. So long ago God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. And here's my favorite part. For example, Devar Yahweh, the word of the Lord. In Hebrew phrase, the word of the Lord. That phrase, the word of the Lord came, tells us the, the origin of the text. The word of the Lord came is used around 239 times in the Bible. This indicates that the word came straight from God. What would be the reason or point for writers to just simply put, put that phrase in there, the word of the Lord came to me, so and so? There's no point. That'd be lying, right? But here we see the evidence within the text that the word of the Lord came 239 times in the Bible and it indicates that the word came straight from God and not from other men. My point is, God is the source of this word. God is the source of the Bible. What is the Bible? 
It is the word of God. What is the Bible? It is known as scriptures. What is the Bible? It is known as holy scriptures. What is the Bible? It is known as sacred scriptures. And what is the origin of the Bible? God himself. God himself. Look at Jeremiah 1.11. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Then the word of the Lord came to me as king. Where is the origin? It's a divine origin. God's word came straight from God asking, what do you see, Jeremiah? Obviously, in that chapter, there is this conversation or dialogue between Jeremiah and God. But the point here is the word of the Lord came to me asking, what do you see, Jeremiah? And there's another phrase, Yamer Yavah, God says or God said. It occurs 604 times in the entire Bible. Now, we look at the phrase, the word of the Lord came. It talks about the origin, tells us about the origin of the word itself. And the next one is God says or God spoke. So the writers um, brought the message to us. This is what the Lord said. This is what God says. It occurs 604 times in the Bible. And this gives us evidence that the Lord or God directly said or he spoke to his people. When we read the Bible, we learn how many times that God has spoken to his people directly. He spoke to his people directly. So God says or God said is used 604 times in the entire Bible. For example, Exodus 14.1, Then the Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses. So this was done. An action was done. The Lord spoke to Moses is telling us that the word has a divine origin. Paul in the New Testament declares that what he wrote came from the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 14.37, the text says, If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. It is not Paul's command. Some people may think, why should I care about Paul's writings? I mean, there are people who doesn't care about Paul's writings. But Paul's writings are really not Paul's writings. In a sense, Paul was also controlled, governed, superintended by the Holy Spirit. It is God's word. So he's saying here, if anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. This is not people's invention. These writers did not invent this text that we have and, and gave it to us. The text in the Bible is given by the Lord himself. That is why it has divine origin. And we find examples from this scripture. Peter tells us that no prophecy ever came by the will of men. Instead, men spoke from God, the key term he is spoke from God, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit based on 2 Peter 1.21. This is not their invention. The origin of the Bible is, is God himself. It's not by, written by some people for us to dismiss its authority. The Bible is authoritative. The scripture is authoritative because it is God's word. In 1 John 4.6, John writes, We are from God. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. So we know that the Bible tells us its origin is from God. There's several hundreds of examples that we can learn that the word of God, literally that is the scripture, came from God himself. If we deny the authority of the scripture, we deny it because we want to deny it. We deny it because we can deny it. But when we weigh the evidence from the scripture, can we really deny it? The Bible is also the revelation of God. 
the Bible is also a revelation of God. That is, God revealed himself in and through the Bible. Therefore, this is personal. The Bible is about God. He revealed who he is through the scripture. So this is about God. The revelation of God signifies God unveiling himself to mankind. Keep that in mind. The revelation of God signifies God unveiling himself of mankind. Uh, Louis Schaefer, a theologian, he said, The term revelation is restricted to the divine act of communicating to man. It is a divine act that is God's act of communicating to man what otherwise man would not know. <laughs> this is interesting. It is a divine act of communicating to man what otherwise man would not know. There is no way that you and I would know about God if God didn't reveal himself to us. And Moody Handbook of Theology also says, Revelation may be defined as the act of God whereby he discloses himself or communicates truth to the mind, whereby he makes manifest to his creatures that which could not be known in any other way. There is again no way to know God unless he reveals himself. Thank God he didn't hide himself or he didn't put himself away from us. He revealed who he is through his word, through the scripture. So when we read the Bible, what are we learning? We learn about God himself. When we read the Bible, we should learn about God himself. When we read the Bible, we will learn about God himself, who delights to be in relationship with mankind, who delights to be in fellowship with you and me. That is the God we will learn. That is the God of the Bible, who delights to be in fellowship with you and me. So there is no way that man would know God without him revealing himself first. This revelation could be understood in two ways. One is general revelation. The other one is special revelation. What is general revelation? God reveals himself through nature. The nature that we see, the nature that we enjoy, God reveals himself through nature. Look at Psalm 19, 1 to 6. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour out speech, night after night they communicate knowledge. The heavens declare the glory of God. Day after day they pour out speech, night after night they communicate knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words, their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out. However, their message has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the end of the world. The heavens declare God reveals himself to, uh, through the nature. So here we see that God's revelation is made known to all mankind through the nature. We see the nature. We enjoy the nature. We like sunset and sunrises and so forth and beautiful cloudy days. I like cloudy days. I don't know about you, but beautiful cloudy days. We look at all these things, the stars and everything else, the colors uh, that we see sometimes in the sky. We see all these things and really enjoy. We really enjoy. But do we pause and think for a second, who made all this? It can't happen by chance. That's just nonsense. There must be a creator and there is a creator. There must be a source for all that and there is a source. We could deny all that we want every day, all day. But that doesn't dismiss the facts. That doesn't dismiss the truth. God created everything and he expresses himself through this nature. He reveals himself through this nature. What is it doing? 
when we look at the nature and enjoy, it is giving a message that, that there is somebody behind this, someone supernatural behind all this. And that is God himself. The nature talks about God and no one, not one person is excluded from this revelation that is the general revelation. Because again, God made himself known to all mankind. Everyone should know that there is a creator who made all things. If I were to deny God, it is my own choice. It's not lacking. It's not because we lack evidence. It's our own choice, our own call. Notice what the psalmist says in Psalm 19. The revelation about God is continuous. What do you mean by that? We look at the text, it says, day after day and night after night. It is continuous. God reveals himself through the nature. He reveals, even now, through nature. And the psalmist also says that this is a wordless revelation. There is no speech nor words. The nature speaks of God. There is no speech, no words, but the nature speaks of God. The message of this revelation is also universal, not located to one place on this globe, on this planet. It is universal. Their message has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the ends of the world. Three points. It's continuous. The revelation of God is continuous. The revelation of God is wordless revelation. The revelation of God is universal. It goes throughout the world. So nobody, really, nobody is without any excuse. God revealed himself through the nature. Romans 1, 18 to 20 makes this even clearer. The text says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Suppressing the truth is a willful action. It's a willful action. They suppress the truth, since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. God's shown it to them. The action is done. God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, what are those that God showed to them? The invisible attributes, that is the, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood though what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. God revealed himself, his attributes, his eternal power through this general revelation, through this nature. There is no excuse for one to deny the Lord. There is no excuse for, for one to say, I don't believe in God because there is no evidence. God has revealed himself through the nature, through this general revelation. His invisible attributes, eternal power, divine nature was all made known through this general revelation. That is why Paul says people are without excuse. God reveals himself through this general revelation, the nature and through everything he created. The general revelation, though it is important, it doesn't provide salvation. It doesn't provide salvation. Look at Acts 14, 15 to 17. Uh, when Paul and Barnabas were in Lystra, there was an incident that was happening, right, in Lystra when where Paul healed a person, and so the people in that town or village or city thought these are some Greek gods. The text says, In Lystra a man was sitting who was without strength in his feet, and he never walked, and he had been lame from birth. He listened as Paul spoke. Catch the key phrases here. He listened as Paul spoke after looking directly at him, that is Paul looking directly at him, because he was paying attention, he was listening. After looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith to be healed. What did we see here? Did Paul just go and heal the person? 
Notice the text. He listened as Paul spoke. He was paying attention. After looking directly at him, after Paul looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith, seeing that he had faith to be healed, Paul said in a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he jumped up and began to walk around. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted, saying in, in uh, Laconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. <laughs> so these people wants to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. But then Paul and Barnabas says this, they tore their robes when they heard this and rushed into the crowd shouting, people, why are you doing these things? We are people also just like you and we are proclaiming good news to you that you turn from these worthless things to the living God. Did you catch that? That you turn from these worthless things, things that cannot save you, give you eternal life, cannot heal you, can't see, listen, nothing. That's why he says these are worthless things. Turn from these worthless things to a living God. What Paul did was not by his own power. He did by the power of God. And what Paul and Barnabas were doing was sharing the good news, the power of God. Gospel is the power of God. Isn't it amazing? And here they're saying, what are you, why are you doing these things? We're also people like you, just like you were normal people. And we're proclaiming good news to you that you turn from these worthless things to a living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. We know God revealed himself through nature. Yes, we know God revealed to all mankind. In a general sense, but that doesn't offer salvation. However, people know that there is a source behind all this. People know that there is a source behind all this. We need salvation though, right? General information is good. General revelation is good because we can learn that there is a source, there is a creator. But we need uh, a special revelation to have a relationship with Christ and to know God more. The Bible, what is the Bible? It is the word of God. Its origin is divine. Its message is divine. My call for you is to believe in the words of this divine book. Believe in the text of this divine book. Because the scripture that we hold, the Bible that we hold in our hands is nothing but a holy word of God. We must revere the word of God. We must hold tight to the word of God because it is what guides us. It is what leads us. That is how God speaks to our hearts today. There are no visions and dreams and phone calls and everything else. God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through his word. The word of God has life in it. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the what? Life. The word of God contains life in it because it will transform your life. It is not, Bible is not just giving us head knowledge. It's not simply for us to know some information and just move on. It transforms lives. It transforms you and me. It will change our lives. The Bible is a life-changing book. It is a life-changing book because it has life-changing word and it has the power to change your life. My call again, read the Bible with true heart. Read the Bible with passion. Read the Bible with desire to learn about God. What can you learn about God? This Bible is not some sort of a simple book so we can just refer to it when we need to throw it away. This Bible is not something where we can just close our eyes and open the scripture and then, oh, look, God gave me something for today. 
that is not accurate reading of the text. God's word is not something for us to fool around with. Read the Bible, read the context, know the word, what word of God is saying. We must be passionate towards reading the scripture because that's how we learn about God so that we may have a good relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So we may have a wonderful walk in Christ. We may live a life that brings glory to God. Without knowing the Bible, without knowing the scripture, how are you going to give honor and glory to God? Who is God to you without knowing the Bible? Read the word with passion. God's word is sacred word. He's given his word to us so that we could learn about him, we could enjoy him more, and we could live a righteous life. Thank you for watching The Plain Sense. We are so glad to be a part of this ministry and it's all because of the grace of our Lord that we are able to start this program. You will find today's episode available on our YouTube channel. That's Dr. Joel Madasu's YouTube channel. If you have any questions or concerns or any prayer requests, you can always feel free to call us on the number below. See you again at the same time on the same channel next week. Till then, please keep praying for this program. Thank you. God bless you.